God's so awesome today. We're here at the store, and uh, the Lord just spoke to me and told me this young man right here had some pain in his knees and started praying. And the Lord revealed to me that he had some cartilage issues, right? That's right. And uh, so just tell him what happened. I was playing football, and I got clipped and messed my knees up, and they've been hurting for a while. And then I came in, and he wanted to pray for them. And now I can touch my toes stuff I couldn't do before. Awesome. Man, God is so good. It's an awesome testimony. So just to recap, basically what that happened was that guy came in to the store and uh, I was talking with him about some things and I was just sitting there and I felt like the Lord was going to, was telling me something and I, and I almost did not say anything. And I, I, I almost didn't say anything because this whole last week um, I've been, I thought I was getting worse for people and I just, you know, sometimes you miss. And so I just kind of got fearful that maybe I was going to miss it, miss this one again, and I wasn't going to step out. But the Lord just kind of convicted me, and and um, and I was like, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just step out on faith again and, and and say something. And so I just standing there, and I said, man, you have problems with your knees? And he goes, yeah, I do. And I was like, well, can I pray for you? He goes, yeah, sure. He goes, man, that's kind of trippy that you know something about my knees that my knees are messing up. So I started praying for him, and as I was praying, I felt like he had cartilage issues. And I said, you have problems with your cartilage? And he goes, yeah. I said, in Jesus' name, I command that cartilage to grow back normal in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father, he's healed right now. And so then as soon as uh, we finished praying, I thought about letting it wait for a bit. I thought, no, I'm just going to go ahead and, and ask him. And I said, man, go ahead and try to do something you've never been able to do before. So he said, man, I can't bend down and touch my toes without it causing me pain. So he started, he bent all the way down, touched his toes. It was so awesome. And he goes, man, that's so cool. He said, man, I couldn't bend down the halfway before my knees just bent backwards and it caused me all this pain. And so uh, it was awesome. God just completely healed him. And you know, I was thinking this morning, I was reading some encouraging uh, things from Smith Wigglesworth. And one of the things he talks about is um, never doing anything about the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I want to correct a little bit of thinking here. A lot of times we think, oh, well, I'm born again. I got the Holy Spirit. I got everything I need. And, you know, there's actually multiple times, multiple experiences with the Holy Spirit. Now, the first one is when you get born again. When you get born again, you get born of the Holy Spirit. Bam, you got a deposit of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And then there's several instances which I don't have time to talk about um, in this little video. Maybe I'll do something more extensive another time on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, this is a different experience. You know, Peter and John, they came in uh, down to this one place where Philip had evangelized. And they all believed in Jesus. And they said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said, no, we haven't. And, you know, a lot of scholars, I, heard, I remember talking to one uh, guy in college one time. He's like, oh, well, Peter and John didn't realize that they had the Holy Spirit when they were born again. Dude, I'm sorry, but they walked with Jesus for three years, and he told us to he told them to tell us everything we that they know about about the kingdom of God, and I, everything we know is from them, and I'm pretty sure they realized there was something more to this than just getting born again. They needed to receive power. That's why, see, in John chapter 20, it says that Jesus came in there and breathed on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Jesus was present when they received the Holy Spirit when they were born again. He breathed on them like in the creation when God made the new creation. He, he or when he made the creation, he, he formed man out of the dust and breathed into them ruach, which is the breath of life, which is the same thing as the spirit of God. And they were and Adam received the spirit of God, but Jesus is the second Adam, and we are the descendants out of Jesus off the off the the, the offspring of uh, of Jesus through the, the seed of faith. 
And so Jesus comes in and he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. They get born again right then when Jesus is present. But then in Luke it says, don't go out yet. Don't go out until you've received the promise of the Holy Spirit. Until you've been clothed with power from on high. And so... Uh, there's a second experience that Jesus was wanting them to have, and it happens on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes upon them and they start speaking in tongues. And uh, and then after they were speaking in tongues, uh, it says then Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and starts preaching. And so I actually there's several times where um, there's actually different kinds of fillings with the Holy Spirit. See, check this out. Um, uh, in Acts chapter 13, it says that. And verse 8 says, But Elymas, the magician, for that is the meaning of his name, opposed them, seeking to turn the proconsul uh, away from the, the faith. But Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, You son of the devil, you enemy of all unright of righteousness, full of all deceit and villainy, will you not stop making crooked the, the straight paths of the Lord? And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind and unable to see the sun for a time. Immediately mist and darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking people to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had, had occurred, for he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Uh, so, uh, Paul was already had already met Jesus. You know, he had already been baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. And now he is um, being filled again. And this time, uh, uh, something miraculous happens um, during that time. So even, even Paul is um, experiencing a different kind of filling. Acts chapter 4, 8 says, And when they had set them, them in the midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Now this is after Acts 2. Acts 2 is whenever he receives the second dose. See, he got saved. Um, in John chapter 20, he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, and in Acts chapter 4, he had a different kind of feeling. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, and they started preaching in power, all right? So there's different kinds of, of feelings, different kinds of uh, uh, experiences with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 7, 54 through 56 says, And now when they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of, the, of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. So Stephen got filled with the Holy Spirit and then he saw an open vision. So there's these times we've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and this morning the Lord was ministering to me and telling me, um, you know, yes, it's important to know who we are in Christ. That gains us access into the throne room of God. But if we want to be able to touch people's lives and do the work of the ministry, we must walk in the Holy Spirit. And there's multiple types of, of doing this. You get born again. You get baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then you get filled. And that's a daily thing you have to do. And I'm going to show you um, what, why that's important. See, in Exodus chapter 40, it's talking about the royal priesthood. See, Jesus, he was born again. I mean, he, was, he wasn't born again. He was born of the Holy Spirit. See, he was the first one. Uh, he was the firstborn. And we are the, 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 the ones that are born of the Holy Spirit after that. But see, Jesus was actually physically born of the Holy Spirit. Well, then he got baptized, and it says the Holy Spirit came upon him at his baptism. Well, this is important. See, according to Jewish law, um, the high priest had to be ceremonially washed. Um, and so that would be like a baptism. And then anointed, okay, with oil. Well, uh, oil is very symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And, and the Holy Spirit actually anointed Jesus there at the baptism. The high priest had to be anointed with oil and washed. 
um, before he could start doing his priestly duty. Well, after Jesus got baptized, that's whenever he was led into the wilderness, and after he was led into the wilderness, and he came back and started his, his, his miraculous ministry. And so the, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was very important because it's, it's the anointing um, that we received. And that's actually what made Jesus the anointed one, which is the Christ. Christ means anointed. And so that's whenever Jesus became anointed. Well, we're supposed to be anointed too. That's why we're called Christians. We're supposed to be little anointed ones. And we receive anointings as well. Um, check this out. Exodus chapter 40, verse 9 says, Then you shall take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and all that is in it, and consecrate it and all its furniture so that it may become holy. You shall also anoint the altar, burnt offering, and all its utensils, and consecrate the altar so the altar may become most holy. Okay, guys, we're the tabernacle. We're also the, we're also the altar. This is our altar right here. We, put, we lay ourselves down on this altar, and we, we give ourselves to Jesus. And it all has to be anointed with oil, um, or the Holy Spirit, okay? You shall also anoint the basin in its stand and consecrate it. Verse 12, Then you shall bring Aaron, that's the high priest, and his sons to the entrance of the tent of meeting, and they shall wash them with water. So the priests get washed in water. And put on Aaron the holy garments. Okay, so we got clothes. And then you shall anoint him and consecrate him, that he may serve me as priest. You shall bring his sons also and put clothes on them, and anoint them as you anointed their father, that they may serve me as priests. And their anointing shall admit them to a perpetual priesthood throughout their generations. That's so awesome. So, Jesus is the high priest. He got anointed right there in the baptism. Um, we are his sons. Okay? And Aaron was the high priest, and he got anointed, and then his sons got anointed. So, he was, Jesus wasn't the only one who was supposed to receive that experience with the Holy Spirit at baptism. We're supposed to receive a baptism of the Holy Spirit as well that sets apart us for the work of the ministry, um, a perpetual priesthood throughout all generations. If that's so stinking awesome. Alright, so check this out. Uh, they had to wash, they had the blood, okay, and they also had garments, and then they had oil. All right, those all four things were very critical. See, the blood gives you access to the throne room of God. Without the blood, you are you are filthy. With the blood, you are actually righteous before God. But then there's a washing. That's a ceremonial washing. Every every day you got to wash. The the priests had to wash all the time throughout their day. Um, well, what I like to compare that to is um, uh, if I have an addiction to pornography, you know, and I'm going into pornography, I'm actually living in sin, right? Um, well, that's where the blood is necessary to get me clean before Jesus. However, let's say I'm free from pornography, and then I go down um, the, the mall, and I see a Victoria's Secret sign over there, and it, it's easy. Those thoughts can easily come back. Well, if I don't pursue those thoughts, I don't actually go back into sin. However, I've been touched by something unclean, something that was supposed to deter me. And so that's where we need the constant washing of the Word of God, okay? And Jesus says, my Word is spirit and truth. See, the Spirit of God does everything. Um, it's the Word of God that washes us. So when I when I let God's word um, minister to me and I, I wash in the word and I speak the word over me that cleanses me from the thing that touched me and also helps me live a holy lifestyle before Jesus. Um, it says in First John that um, if we are in Christ we cannot continue on in sin. That means that I'll constantly repent. As soon as I figure out I'm doing something wrong, I'm going to fix that. We can't continue in our sin if, we're, if the truth is in us. Um, it doesn't mean that we're not, it doesn't mean we're perfect. It just means we can't continue. We can't keep on doing it. We've got to stop. We've got to repent and keep on and then turn to what Jesus has called us to do. So you've got the blood that, that makes us righteous before God. You've got the washing, which um, takes care of our uh, every day. Um, it helps us walk righteous before God and in holy uh, before God. And then you also have the garments and the, and the oil. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit 
is that second experience we receive when we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we start speaking in tongues, we receive the, the gifts of the Spirit. Okay, that's the anointing. That's, that's the oil that comes upon us. But then there's this filling, and I believe that has to do with the clothing. It, it may be vice versa, but I believe it has to do with um, the clothing because you put clothing on every day. Okay, the oil, that was at the beginning of the ministry. <clears throat> the clothing was every day. Every day he went to the ministry, he had to put that oil on. Every day he had to put the word on, okay? Um, I mean, every day he had, to, he had to wash, and every day he had to put garments on. Uh, see, Jesus looked at his disciples and said in uh, <clears throat> Luke chapter 11, um, hold on, Luke chapter 11, uh, he said in, uh, it was in Luke, he said in Luke, uh, don't go out yet until you've received power from on high. And it says, until you have been clothed with power from on high. See, the Holy Spirit is our clothing. <laughs> Every day we got to get up and put them on. And it's very simple. It says in Luke chapter 11, verse 13, If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? See, it's not something you have to like sit there and wait for necessarily. You just have to ask Him. Uh, it does say in the Scriptures that, that the, the Father, that, that, that God inhabits the praises of His people. So if I got to get up in the morning, I praise Him. I got to I get up in the morning. Good morning, Father. I love you in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that Your Holy Spirit comes upon me, and I receive Your Holy Spirit right now. Please, and you, and Father, come in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that You're going to equip me and anoint me to go out there and preach the good news, set the captives free. See, according to Isaiah 61, it says, "The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me." That's upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me. See? The Spirit of God is anointing. To bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and open uh, and, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Guys, we are the anointed ones. We are the Christians. We are the ones who must go out and be anointed with the Holy Spirit every day. Put on your garments. Put on your spiritual armor. Put the Holy Spirit on. It says in the scriptures that it's a conscious decision. We must die to the flesh and live by the Spirit. That means every day I have to choose to put my mind on spiritual things. And I have to receive His Holy Spirit upon me as I go about. I pray to the Lord Jesus. I say, thank you, Jesus, for giving me your Holy Spirit today. That I might walk in anointing and ready to do the work of the ministry. And guys, that's how we do it. Um, Smith Wigglesworth, um, I love what he says. He says, when I'm preaching... If the Holy Spirit stops speaking, I stop speaking. We've got to be able to hear the Holy Spirit. And we have to start by spending time with Him in the morning and, and inviting Him into our daily lives. We don't just receive Him when we get born again. Of course, He's with us always. But we have to invite Him. We have to, um, like I say, come Holy Spirit. It's just a different way that we receive the Holy Spirit. And it's very clear. In New Testament, Acts says that um, the disciples and the apostles, they got filled with the Holy Spirit. So you can have multiple experiences with Him, and that's for sure. All right, guys, y'all go out there, be blessed, and be filled with the Holy Spirit, and get out there and touch people's lives in Jesus.